Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are so glad that you guys can join us on today. We have a very special guest. Her name is Katherine Johns. She is a beautiful, godly young lady. Now, I met Katherine at our local church. She has the most kind and sweetest spirit. She loves the Lord and she faithfully serves him. She's involved in ministry. She is one of the singers on the praise and worship team. She teaches the youth Sunday school, and she also helps to coordinate special events for the children. Katherine is 24 years old, and she brings her excitement and her gifts and talents and abilities to our local family and to the church body. Katherine was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. She is a middle child and has two brothers. Her mother was a teenager when she gave birth to them. While her mom was in a relationship with her dad, her younger brother was conceived by a different man. At the age of three, Katherine and her two brothers were taken from their biological mother. They were separated and placed in foster care. She would not see her mom again except for a couple of times throughout her entire life. Katherine's dad was never involved in her life. He was physically abusive to her mother and served time in prison. After a short time in foster care, Katherine's grandmother's cousins, Mr. and Mrs. Johns, took them into their home. Her grandmother was on drugs and unfit to care for them. Mr. and Mrs. Johns eventually adopted Katherine and her siblings. The Johns' home Katherine grew up was very stable. They protected them and was very cautious about them communicating with their mother, because they knew their mom was unstable and had been in and out of abusive, dysfunctional, and lesbian relationships. Katherine remembers as a child, she had fears of not getting enough food to eat, so she would hide her food under her bed. She also remembers at the age of seven, she did not trust men. She felt like it stemmed from them moving around and being placed in homes with strangers. She was also afraid to dress in clothes that children wore, like spaghetti strap tops, because she did not want men to look on her in a sexual way. Katherine's family attended church regularly. She got saved and baptized at the age of 10. She was legally adopted at the age of 12. They were very involved in the church. Katherine served as a praise dancer. She sang in the youth and the adult choir. She attended Sunday school and Bible study. Her mom taught Sunday school and her dad served as a deacon. During Katherine's junior and high school years, she began to be attracted to older guys and exploring sex. She did not have any conversations with her parents about it, and she was not taught about purity or abstinence at her church. She was only warned not to get pregnant. Then later on, as a junior in high school, she met a young man in church. He was a sophomore in college. She got real serious about him. They began to have a long-distance relationship while he was attending Prairie View a and University. 
She begins to notice after a while when he comes to Dallas and they spend time together that he had a serious anger problem and he would just sometimes blow up. And before long, he was verbally and emotionally abusing her. He would yell at her and call her some terrible names. And instead of taking heed and exiting the relationship, Katharine applies for college at Purview Anum University. She gets accepted and she goes there to be with him. The relationship then takes a major turn and the cycle of depression began. Katharine is here to share her testimony with us. Thank you so much for being on the show, Katharine. And if you would please go ahead and share your testimony. Yes. So like we said, growing up as a child, you know, things weren't always the greatest. Uh, Circumstances weren't that great. But by the grace of God, we were actually, you know, eventually placed somewhere that was more stable enough. But, you know, even through that, as a child going through those things young, you know, they still have an effect on you. And as an adult, I didn't realize as much of it as an effect that it did have on me. So one of the main things that I went through is depression. Now, at a younger age, I didn't know that that was something that I was going through. And I didn't realize that part of that was stemming from the relationships that I had, whether that was um, a relationship with um, another guy or even uh, relationships when it comes to with my parents and, and that sort. So I think that when everything really spiraled was about that junior, senior year when I finally decided to get in a serious relationship. And, you know, you're in love. (laughs) Right. You're in love. Yes. (laughs) And so you're not always thinking about what's best for you. And um, of course, my my mom, you know, she had her doubts, but she supported me because it was one of those things where I was going to have to figure out on my own. And so... uh, I didn't realize that I was being, you know, verbally abused. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was just in love, but I just noticed that I was crying more than I should have been. Like the things that, that he would say was affecting me even more and affecting me as much, even at school. Like I had one of my favorite teachers. I remember being in her class and her um, telling me like, I can tell that your, your mood is just so off. You know, and she was like, I, and I know where it's from because I actually confided in her as well. And she's like, no one should ever, you know, make you feel that way. Like one text message or one, you know, a one conversation shouldn't throw off your whole day. Right. So as I continued the relationship, like we said, you know, he was in Prairie View and, you know, I'm I'm, I'm getting up into my senior year and I'm, I'm doing student council. Like I'm actually you know, trying to actually be happy and stuff. So I decided that, you know, I'm going to go to Prairie View too. I'm going to go and follow him. You know, this person that I say that I love, this is the person that I say that that I want to spend the rest of my life with. At that time, that was my mindset. So it, it didn't matter that, you know, he was verbally abusive or that he made me sad a lot of the times. Like that was my goal. So I was just waiting to graduate. It didn't matter what no one else said. It didn't matter what opinion my mom had. I just knew that once I graduated, you know, I was going to finally be on my own. So as I go into my college years, this is where I realized that, all right, you might, Kat, Katherine, I call myself Kat, you might be a little mentally unstable or you might be dealing with depression or suicidal. And part of that stemmed off of that relationship. I get to Prairie View. And I'm in my first semester. My grades were good. 
you know, he didn't he affect me that much, but I realized that our relationship was a little off. You know, I had built up in my mind that, ooh, we like I'm gonna get to see him every day, you know, like this is gonna be great. And when I get there, it was a it was the total opposite. I did not see him that much, and that that had a toll on me. Um, whenever we were around each other, we weren't as as I could tell that something was off. And so as that semester continued, I realized that I had a lot of moments where I was just sitting in my room, you know, lights out, like not really wanting to get out of bed. I had moments where I didn't even want to go to class and all because of, you know, this man is not talking to me or he's ignoring me. And so now I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to hang out with friends. I just want to sit here. And, and a lot of that made me actually want to go home as well. So I did go back and forth to home like freshman, sophomore year. And so by the time we get through the first semester and I wind up, you know, he's from Dallas as well. So if I wanted to go home, I would just jump in a car with him. And so that Christmas break, that was like the start. At the beginning of Christmas break, he told me that he did not want to be with me anymore. And that was something that probably like my first big heartbreak. The first thing that happened to where I had to figure out what I was feeling and I'm at home. So this was the start of me being at home and feeling depressed. We had involved both our families. Like I had met his family. He had, he had met mine. You know, it's really hard when you break up with someone and your dad is like, hey, where is such and such? So a lot of that took a toll on me as well. As I continued, I wound up going back to school and I found myself sad because I'm like okay boom like uh, I'm not going to be able to see him as much like we're not together I came to PV for him so I had to figure out what is it why am I here what is it what what do I want to accomplish while, while I'm here I had to figure out that reason so um, I continue with my academics my academics never really dropped you know but I did start trying to figure out who I was as a person, who I wanted to be. And I did not always hang out with the right people. I found myself never really wanting to be alone, always wanting to be around other people. I wound up joining a, a Greek organization, Sigma Alpha Iota, which is a music fraternity. And so I found a sisterhood there. Oh, I was a part of Baptist Student Movement. That was where we go to different churches and sing. So I'm still figuring it out. I'm still trying to find my space in Prairie View, but also still trying to keep that background because I grew up in the church. I went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, sometimes Saturdays, sometimes more than a week. So I went from that and going to college and not really having a church home and not really having that support that I needed. So I found myself trying to find that in different things. And so as I was doing that, I was putting myself in situations that I wasn't supposed to be in. I was involving myself with people and getting myself like into mess and that kind of stuff. And that actually happened within one of those Christian organizations. So I realized really quick that that wasn't for me. Right. So, right. yes. So then once I let that one go, I finally found one that actually worked for me. And that was one accord my ministry. So I do have background in praise dance, but I decided that, you know, this is something new. Like I'm going to, I want to learn how to mime. I had never mimed in my life, but I love to watch it, love to see people do it. So when I joined the organization, I'm thinking, okay, boom, I'm going to learn how to mime. 
not realizing that I had got like way more out of that organization. When I'm, I'm saying doing Bible studies, um, you know, being able to interact with, with, with other people that are like-minded like you. And we realized very quickly that all of us were going through some kind of depression or all of us was going through some type of anxiety because when you're in college and you're away from home, like you can wild out if you want. That's right. <laughs> there's, there's no one to tell you that, hey, you can't do this or, you know, you have to get up for class in the morning. You probably shouldn't be out smoking and drinking and going to a party. So you're having to figure it out as you go. So once I started to involve myself in an organization that actually helped me grow as a person, that's when I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. And so as my, uh, of course, I had other relationships that I involved myself in and I eventually I did not connect emotions to uh, like any sexual emotions and that kind of stuff like that. I just had to. So, right. so let me ask you a question. So do you yeah. feel like after you got out of the relationship where you were verbally abused mm-hmm. and emotionally abused, do you feel like after that you were just emotionally numb? Oh, yes, definitely was. Like, I think I was so numb that I was trying to search for a feeling like in any in, in, in anybody. Like if you were going to give me attention, like, cool. And if I felt something, then that was cool, too. But if I didn't, I didn't care. Because my heart, you know, my heart was still breaking. And a lot of times when your heart is breaking, you you do stuff that you wouldn't even normally do. So I was definitely pretty numb. Now, let me ask you another question. So Mm -hmm. at what point when you broke up with the first guy, did you start feeling so sad and depressed that you started having suicidal thoughts? I would say after that, that freshman first semester of school, like that, that's when it all started. When I realized that. I almost felt like I was alone because he was the person that I knew. Like he was the reason why I came there. So after I came back and I'm away from home where I don't have to fake it and fake like I'm happy, you know, and be around people. And I actually had to kind of just sit in it and realize that, oh my gosh, this my two year relationship is over. So that's when the depression really set in and I think I didn't really start getting into the suicidal thoughts until about sophomore, junior year when I started having family issues, like my grandmother wound up passing away. Okay. So that's another major event. So you have to break up with your boyfriend and then as time progresses, then you have another major life event. And this is when your grandmother passes and that's about, okay. in your junior year, two years after. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So, yeah, my grandmother, she was the glue that held the whole family together. So when she passed away, that took a a really big toll on me. And I remember I had stayed off campus at this point. And I just remember feeling like, man, and I didn't even I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. And so that's the part that had me, you know, I'm I'm out here. I'm away. I'm trying to do what I got to do. I'm trying to get my degree and stuff. But you know, you just, you realize that you miss out on a lot of family stuff, like all those little moments. And of course that eventually started to come back up. And once my dad passed away, and that's when I realized that, you know, regardless of how I feel, you always got to come back home because people are not going to be there forever. And your family did support you, right? Yes. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be able to do half of the stuff that I've even accomplished in my life. Because my parents gave me a a new start 
And although I don't remember a lot of things that happened when I was like a child, I know that it was by the grace of God that I don't remember. You know, I think that there are some things that that I deal with that may trigger or, or, they, or that may come from that. But I praise God that that I don't remember those things. And they, you know, God gave me a, a second start. I always told my mom that I feel like if I was to go back and say things didn't happen the way they happened, say I didn't get adopted, I don't think I would be where I am today. I don't think I would have a degree. I probably would have never made myself to Prairie View. I probably would have had a baby by the time I got to high school. Like there are a lot of things that I think about, you know, like the college wouldn't have even been an opportunity for me. Okay, so you're saying that everything that happened in your life, obviously the Lord already knew and he worked yeah. it out for your good and for his glory because yes. he had you at a certain place at a certain time in order yeah. for those things to come together in your life. So you were grateful for some of the things that happened because it, it all glorified the Lord in the end. Yes, it did. Yeah. I mean, you know, like when I think about it, I always say when it comes to depression and stuff, it's a mental, it's a mental game. And, you know, those are those times when the devil truly tries to attack you. And it's like, I used to feed into it. Like if I was feeling down, I'm not getting out of this bed. I, you know, like I'm not getting out of bed. I don't want to eat. I don't want to drink. I don't want to talk. My phone is on do not disturb. You know, that, 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 those were the things that I would do to, to feed into that. I got my blackout curtains to where I can't see no light. You know, I'm sleeping till two o'clock in the afternoon, not knowing if it's, if it's, those are the things that I did to feed into that. And so how I even came out of that is as simple, something as simple as getting up and making your bed, even if you lay back down, just as simple as getting up and making your bed or just opening up the blinds. Like those are the little things that you can do to say, hey, today I decided to get up and make my bed and open the blinds. And that was, and that is enough. You know, let me ask you this. So how did it affect your energy levels? Didn't you have to really muster up their energy to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You had to make up your mind and decide that that is what you were going to do. Correct. Cause weren't your energy levels affected yeah. also? Oh yes. Yes. And especially when I'm a person where I'm the friend that everybody comes to, you know, so a lot of the times you wouldn't know that I have or I, that I'm dealing with something. I'm the friend that you call when something happens, you know, and I'm there to listen to you and give you some kind of advice. But I'm also the person that a lot of people depend on. So a lot of times I have sometimes I have no choice but to get up. You know, there are people that need me, like even when it comes to to the church. I know I've had some experiences where uh, because I sing in the praise team. And so they do. My church does depend on me and I and I love it because that's what keeps me grounded. That's how I grew up. But I know that I have some days where, you know, I don't have nothing to give. But even when I don't have nothing to give or I, I text first lady and tell her, hey, I can't sing this morning. I've been up since five o'clock and my anxiety is bad and I can't stop crying, you know, and but I still show up to church. I don't just sit here and lay in bed and, and late and, you know, and, and basically soak it all in. I still come to church even in, in my mess, even in my crying, all of that. And that's that's me choosing to say, hey, I'm not going to let the devil win. Like you may you may have got me at five o'clock in the morning. You may have got me at two o'clock in the morning. 
but you're not going to get me. You're not going to stop me from going to church because I know I know that a lot of times when I'm feeling some type of way, when I come, it's like pastor says the the right words. <laughs> Amen. The, as somebody gets up there and say a prayer and it connects, you know, it's like, oh, that was that was for me. Right. And so a lot of times that's what happens. So I I look at church as a way to to get to get filled up because I do get empty a lot. Amen. So let me ask you a question. So when did you realize that you had to move from the college campus ministries to an actual church family to reconnect Mm -hmm. and to get back on the right track? At what point did that happen? Um, This happened when I graduated. Once I graduated Prairie View, um, basically, you know, I tried to stay still connected to them, but I knew that when I graduated, I still had close friends that were still in school. And so it was like, as soon as you graduate, you hit that that post-grad depression. A lot of people don't talk about it, but it is real. I've never heard yeah, of that. So, Tell me about that. Yeah. So you graduate, you graduate college, you know, you, when you think about it, you've been in school your whole life from kindergarten or pre-K all the way up to college, right? So what what are you without school? You know, like, what are you without getting up and going to class? It's always what's next. You don't always get to find it. You don't always get that that job that you want. I didn't even go into what I got my degree in. So, you know, so it was it was one of those like, OK, what's next? You know, I'm still here. My friends are still here, but I know that I need to get my life together. <laughs> right. Right. I just graduated. And, you know, it's in it's like a high you're on a high that 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 last semester you get through graduation you get through your penance ceremony your little party and stuff you're on a high it's all there and then at some point that high comes down and reality sets in so that's when you start going through that and so i knew by the grace of god i had started going to victorious believers that last semester of college and that's when i started getting involved so I did, I had something to kind of fall back on. I remember going to church and I remember telling them like, you know, I'm praying that I get a job. I decided to go into the education, but I'm thinking that, you know, I'm just going to sub for now and, you know, and see where, where it takes me. Um, I got my degree in mass communication. So I thought, you know, I was going to be a news anchor or go work at a radio station, but like something wasn't pulling me there. Like I wasn't motivated to go and try to find a job in that field. But I always knew that I wanted to be a teacher since high school. So it was one of those, well, I know I can be good at this. So let me just do this for now until I figure it out. And I graduated December 2021 and I had a job by January 2022. Wow, that's beautiful. Yes. Yes. But even within that, that little time, I graduated at the beginning of December. So December 11th. And so even within that that time period, I don't think I didn't, I didn't start working until like January 19th and I had applied. They never got back with me. Like I filled out the information, but they never got back with me. I didn't know what was going on. So it was one of those like I had to sit and wait for them to get back with me. I'm pretty sure because of Christmas break and stuff like that. But even during that sitting, I was like, man, like, what am I what am I supposed to be doing? You know, I, I'm in the room, you know, I'm in my bed and stuff like I don't have to go to class. I'm not trying to prepare for this. I'm trying to prepare for real world. And that I even had to tell my friends, like, once I had started working, I can't go out with y'all all the time. I can't do certain things that y'all do 
that we used to do together, I can't do those things. Like I have a job. I work in a school district where there are going to be parents and other people that, that know me around here. Like I can't do those, the same things. And so that even affected that way, even with friendships and stuff. Right. So then you understood so, that you had to be more accountable and um, yeah. you're more, and more responsible since now you were yeah. entering into your profession. Yes. Yes. I think within that that little time period, my other two friends, they wound up graduating. And so they graduated, they left, right? One of them went back home to Pearland. The other one went back home to Winnie, Texas. And those were my two close friends. Yes. So now I'm here by myself. My two close friends have left. And it became, a, oh, yeah, I wound up meeting, meeting um, the guy that I am with now. I wound up meeting him right after I graduated. So right after I graduated college. So it's really was me in, in this first relationship and going to work. I don't have my close friends anymore. So it became a go to work, come home, go to work, come home. And you get in that cycle and it's like, okay, like this is what I'm doing. I don't really have a lot of time for myself. Not even a lot of time to really think because even as a teacher, you know, you, you can't think about yourself. You have to think about all 20 20 or 25 of your kids, you know, so even, even if I wasn't feeling it, you know, I still had to suck it up and just, and do, and do my job, you know, cause I wind up developing a, a passion for teaching. And that's why I decided to continue mm-hmm. to stay in the profession. That's awesome. It, yes. Now, did it cause some symptoms of anxiety for you? Yes, yes it did. And how did yes. that work out? If I could, say like in the since I did not have like any um any experience with, with teachers like my first time in the classroom so like between lessons and all of that stuff like I would just get anxiety just from you know getting up there and even talking in front of students because at the time I was doing middle school and if you know anything about middle school that's that's that that more judgmental era that's right like, yes those are the kids that they say what's on their mind but those are also the kids that are really easy to mentor so I just tried to take that anxiety and put it more into mentorship, but just in general, working and that kind of stuff like that. I think it was more of, more of an anxiety because I was like, okay, is this something that, that I actually want to do? Like, do I actually want to teach? You know, I'm still living in student housing. Like, you know, you, you think that as soon as you graduate, things are supposed to just go like that. The job, the house, the car, like all of the stuff is supposed to, you know, you, you, you don't got this degree. So the money should come with it too. So I went through a financial struggle for the longest because I was a substitute. I was doing everything as a teacher, but I was not getting paid. Yeah. So it was a lot of things that kind of went into that financial struggle. That was probably the biggest one. And that was the, the main thing that, that I prayed for, for the longest. So this is another one of life's events. You know, we're just looking at the different things that affected your moods and phases of depression. Now, let me ask you a question. So right now, would you say that you have more good days than bad days? I definitely have more good days than bad days. Like I said, you have to choose. It's a choice because it really is a mental thing. And if you decide to let yourself be pulled into that, then it'll take you, especially if you're if you're not completely covered by the grace of God. Like if you're not reading your word and you're not going to church and you're not, you know, filling yourself up, 
it is real easy to be drained and and to fall deep into that. So I feel like the more closer I got to God, the less bad days I had. Yes, that was my solution. When I going to church, getting involved, and also trying to have an intimate relationship with God, because you can go to church and not have an intimate relationship. You know, I had to learn how to pray. I had to learn how to, um, Mia, our assistant of first lady, she used to tell me all the time, like, Kat, you're going to have to, you, you got to speak it. God, give me peace. You know, like you think it, you know, like I had a hard time praying out loud or or just speaking those things. Like whenever I feel some kind of sort of anxiety, God, give me peace. God, give me peace. Find a word that can bring you back. And so mine's peace. Like, just give me peace. Give me peace of mind. Because a lot of a lot of the times it was it was thought. It was all the things that I would think up. Um, even when it came to suicidal thoughts, just little stuff like sitting up there thinking about, you know, your funeral or like thinking about how people will feel if you weren't there. Like maybe people would appreciate you more, or maybe people would see you more if you weren't even in the picture, you know, that kind of stuff like that. So those are those are those thoughts. They come to your head and sometimes you got to say, peace, God, just give me peace. God, just give me a peace of mind. Amen. And so- <laughs> Amen. And he's the God of peace. And what you're also doing is you're surrendering those thoughts yes. to the Lord. You know, yes. he tells us what things, the good things to think on. And that that helps tremendously. And then, of course, like you said, when you got started getting more into the word of God, then that helps because when we read the word, it brings that peace and that calmness to our spirit, you know, yeah. and prayer also, like you were saying earlier. Um, let me ask you one other question. So now as far as how do you feel like your relationship is with the Lord right now? Do you feel like you've been growing a whole lot? I definitely have been growing. I think I always think that it could be better where I am in life right now. I used to tell people all the time, I don't think I never really just took it in is that um, don't worry about the things that, that you can't change. Like, you know, so I think that now as an adult and like when things come up, I just be like, God got it. Awesome. He's going to work it out. So I try not to, because that also will pick up stem from that anxiety and that depression and me worrying about things, worrying about, you know, money, that kind of stuff like that. So and uh, I try not to worry as much. I am also much better in my tithing. Awesome. So I try, even if I don't have it, I try to give every Sunday, even when I'm not there. I try to give because I'm like, I know that, that God has blessed me within the last year. And he He, he, he keep blessing me. <laughs> Amen. So I have no choice but to give it back to God because especially when financial that that was the thing that I prayed about that was the thing that I was struggling with and so even within this last month God blessed me to finally get a car praise the Lord (laughs) brand new praise God that's a praise report yes so I have to give it back to God I just try to stay positive and I try not to let things worry me as much because I I know he got it I know he got me and I and um my boyfriend tells me all the time, favor is not fair. And I'm like, you right. You right. Cause yes. God, he favors me even when I didn't even have it. So. Amen. That's- Let's say right now someone is listening, Catherine, and they're really going through a depression stage right now. Go mm-hmm. ahead and encourage them. And then we'll close out in prayer. If you would please. Yes. I would say don't give up and trouble. It really doesn't last always. 
the thing that you're stressing about, it won't last, right? Little things like just getting up and, and, and making your bed, little things like getting up and just cleaning your space. I know where, where all of that can stem from, but it doesn't last always. You won't always feel this way. And when you finally do come out of it, make sure that you testify so that you can be you can be a blessing unto somebody else. And you're going to be okay. I promise. <laughs> Amen. Would you please close us out in prayer? Yes. Father God, I thank you for this day, God. God, I ask that anyone that may be listening, God, that, that you bless them times 10, God. God, anyone that, that is dealing with depression, anyone that is dealing with anxiety, God, we give that unto you, God. And God, I ask that, that you open their hearts and open their minds and, and come into them, God, because we know that you, you are the source, God. You, you, you are, you are the doctor, God. God, we give you the praise, God. We thank you for this, this podcast, God. We ask that you continue to bless it, God. We ask that you, you place this, this episode, God, place it in the right people's hands, God. The ones that, that, that you know that needs to hear it, God. We give you the honor and we give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Katherine, for coming on the show. We sure yes. to appreciate you. We appreciate your time and God bless you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.